1: This is Jim Oliver, your host, and my co-host today is Nick Costco. Welcome back, Nick. Hey, thanks for having
0: me. It's always a pleasure.
1: Nick, you know, I sometimes I think with our with our podcast audience that we have to go back to the basics. And, you know, Tom Hopkins used to say it, a champion goes back to the basics at least once a year. For the younger crowd, Tom Hopkins was a famous sales trainer, kind of like a Tony Robbins type back in the 80s and 70s. And and he, I always love that phrase, go back to the basics. So what we're going to do is the best book out there on how to become your own banker is How to Become Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. So Nick, you and I, let's just, we're going to walk through this book in a series of podcasts. Now these might not be a series every week, but they're going to be kind of spread out and you'll be able to go back and pick and choose uh, the episode of what part of the book that you maybe have some questions on or anything like that. Anything else to add, Nick, before we get started?
0: No. And Nelson breaks the book down into five sections. We're going to spend some time on some of the sections. It may take a couple episodes. Taking a deep dive into this, Jim and I have both read this book a couple dozen. Jim's read it a few dozen times. And we always pull something new out of it. And here's what I would encourage you if you've not read it, you can go to our website, createtailwind.com. You can, you can sign up, uh, have a short meeting with us. You'll get a free copy of the book. Or if you really don't want to do that, uh, go to the infinitebanking.org. You can order the book, um, follow along. All right. I always say I, this is a book that I can understand. It's, it's small words, big font. It's only 92 pages. So we're just going to dive into it because while it is a short book, it is It is very rich in information.
1: Absolutely. And the original intent of the book was to be an instruction manual for, or the text for Nelson's 10-hour course of instruction. So you could read the book in about two hours, but the concepts, it took Nelson 10 hours to explain them. Okay, so just think about that. So there's a couple of things that stand out to me, Nick, in the introduction, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. But he talks about life insurance agents and, and the insurance uh, industry not being trained properly, which I agree 100%. But he says, this book demonstrates that your need for finance during your lifetime is much greater than your need for protection. And I would add, or investment. Okay, so your need for finance. So let's, let's really focus on that too. Anything else, Nick, in the, in the introduction that stands out to you?
0: Well, I just want to say, I love how he's got the quote, the Will Rogers quote, the problem in America isn't so much what people don't know. The problem is what people think they know that just ain't so. So whatever you think you know, let's be open to that there's more to it or that, heck, maybe you're wrong.
1: Absolutely. If what you thought to be true turned out not to be true, when would you want to know about it? (laughs) Right now. Right now. This book is written for the layman. It's not for financial advisors. In fact, financial advisors have a harder time with this because their paradigm is set in stone. So if you think you're gonna hand this to your financial advisor, your financial planner, and they're gonna explain it to you, it's probably not gonna happen. One of the other things that Nelson says in the introduction is wealth must reside somewhere. What better place for it to reside here where you control it rather than somewhere else where someone else controls it. One other thing in the introduction is, remember, we're not talking about retirement. We're talking about building passive income. That's money coming to you that you can count on that you don't have to do anything to earn it. Right? Right. So, let's remember, that's the goal. If I'm listening to this podcast and I'm 30 years old, I can't imagine working for 35 years and building up this pool of money just to turn on the spigot and hope that the spigot doesn't run dry.
0: I love how you pointed out earlier, Jim, 20 years ago, there were not nearly the amount of passive income books, seminars, courses that there are now. I surmise is that people have figured out that this retirement quote unquote retirement system isn't working. People are figuring it out.
1: It's right. And it's right. It's a trap. Because once you're in a trap, guess what? You can't get out. So let's not get in the trap. Okay, and understand, this is a paradigm shift. You are going to have to think about this. You have to think. It's all about how you think, as Nelson would say. And it's going to take to get a full understanding of this. And, you know, you go back to Bob Murphy, who's got a Ph.D. in economics, Bob had to read this book several times. He had to ask questions. He had to go back. He had to, you know, check off the things that he thought was wrong with the book until he said, there's nothing wrong with the book. The book is perfect.
0: You had the same experience, didn't you?
1: I had the same experience. Absolutely. I read the book three times before it made any sense to me because my brain was in this paradigm of financial planning. And then give your money to me. And I'll help you.
0: I don't come from the background that you had, but I was sitting in front of financial advisors going and interviewing three, four, five of them. I don't remember how many it was, but I would leave the meeting every time saying, I don't can't put my finger on it, but something's not right. Something doesn't add up. And then I read this book. I got like twenty five pages into it and was like, Holy cow, this is what I've always been looking for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly where we want people to come to. So let's go to part one becoming your own banker, Nick. And this starts off with one of our favorite quotes in the whole book, and I mean, it's right here in part one. If some authoritative power distributed all the money in the world equally among all the people in the world, within 10 years time, 97% of all the money would be under the control of 3% of the people. Now, by the way, nothing, I don't want to disagree with my mentor and one of the smartest men that I've ever known but I actually think he's conservative in those numbers. I think it's closer to 99% of all the money would be under control of 1% of the people. But Nelson is so gracious. This shows you the, the, the heart of this man is he says, even if the proportions were somewhat moderated, say 75% of all the money would be under control of the control of 25% of the people. Why do you think this phenomenon happens now? What he says is that most people know, very little about the process of banking and its importance in their lives and their well-being. And it's the most important business in the world. Okay. So what we say is that what banks do is they know how to get, do what, Nick? Money to flow towards them instead of away from them. Right. And most consumers never do that. Now it has to flow. Flow or movement Motion is a law of God, right? And if air doesn't flow in and out of our bodies, we We die. die. If water doesn't flow, it becomes stagnant, right? It's poisonous. If money doesn't flow, it does the same thing. Now, you can go back to the Bible, and there's lots of examples of explaining to you what to do with your money, right? Okay, so money has to reside somewhere, and the control of it is the key right? Becoming your own banker and and controlling your money. But there's only one pool of money in the world.
0: I don't understand that.
1: Okay. So if I said to you, what's a lake by your house, Nick, or the river?
0: The Ohio River.
1: The Ohio River. Is the water in the Ohio River connected to water in the Amazon River?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely right? Because water evaporates into the atmosphere, creates wind, and then it comes back down to earth in the form of rain, sleet, snow, hail, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it just keeps on going around the earth. Well, money is the same way. In fact, we've all heard that, that term overnight lending rates, right? Right. But, but what does that mean? Well, you know, have you ever heard the term money follows the sun? Got it. You know, I mean, it's like a a bank in New York closes and lends its money to a bank in Chicago that closes, lends its money to a bank in Denver that closes, and then it lends its money to a bank in LA. And it just goes around the whole world until it's back in New York. And the reason is, is that money has to continue to flow. So that there really is one pool of money in the world. And it's managed by banks, insurance companies, corporations, and individuals in various countries various currency denominations, all of that is incidental, right? It's, it's just like the, the water example is money is continuing to flow. And so one of the things that we know is that if it's going to flow, then we need it to flow through you and me. Right. Right. And we know that just like if air doesn't flow, we die. If our blood doesn't flow, we die. All right. So controlling 100% of your needs in your own banking system is the way that you can take control of your financial future and make sure that you prosper instead of suffer. And Nelson has Jeremiah 29, 11 on page 11. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Okay, so you got to take control for you, right? Anything on, on that, Nick?
0: No. It, Nelson just goes on to, to talk about it's the amount of control that you take is what's going to determine how successful you are, how prosperous you are, how much abundance you have in your life.
1: Absolutely. And then Nelson on the next page, where you know it's titled "How the Infinite Banking Concept Started." I'm going to let you read that, but I'm going to give you just a quick overview. Nelson was a forester; he thought long term because that's what foresters do, and he was a forestry consultant for about ten years. And then he got into the life insurance business, and he understood that again that was long term. And then in the real estate business he mentions that timber is a form of real estate and how the timber business uses a long period of time, right? And then how that real estate business is what really got him in trouble. And when interest rates were at a reasonable amount, then he, there was no reason not to expand his real estate holdings and just to keep on making it bigger and bigger and bigger, right? But then in 1981 and 1982, prime rates rose and they peaked at 11.5%.
0: Now can you I'm sorry, and I get 21.5%. Can you and I get prime?
1: No. And that's what Nelson used to point out in his 10-hour seminar is that, is there anybody in the room that gets prime rates? And, if, <laughs> he, and said he, said he had one had person one say yes. that, <laughs> Yeah, he had one guy and he said, but. I think he said he was a liar. But,
0: yeah, he did. He called him a liar.
1: <laughs> you know That that was probably the meanest thing I ever heard Nelson say. No, I'm just kidding. Nelson had such a good heart. He just, uh, you know, he, he says it in such a funny way. But anyway. here's the
0: thing. His whole point is that the interest rates, one of his points is that interest rates go up and down.
1: That's right. But we're beholden it? to it because we're control. not in control of it. That's right. That's right. So, you know, Nelson also talks about, you know, the magic of leverage and all of these other things about when you're buying real estate and and everything else, okay? And how wonderful leverage is, which we point out in our 45-minute initial overview, and we give examples of that, how to leverage somebody else's money to build wealth, right? Hey,
0: hey Jim, can you just give one quick example of what do you mean by the term leverage?
1: Okay, so let's say that I'm gonna go buy some real estate and I have three options. I can use my money, or I can use somebody else's money for part of it, or I can use somebody else's money for all of it. Now, here's here's my simple example. Don't let this number scare you. But if I would loan you, Nick, a hundred million dollars. Okay. And the only condition on that loan is that in one year you have to pay me four million dollars of interest. Okay. Would you take the loan? Absolutely. So what are you doing?
0: I'm going to make money with your money. I'm going to leverage your money to put money in my pocket.
1: And all you have to do is make more than I'm going to charge you. Yep. And then what's your rate of return? If you made $8 million, you got to pay me four. So you got four left over. What's your rate of return? It's infinite. That's right. Now, by the way, some of you thought, well, Nick made four, four percent because he had $100 million. But remember, it wasn't Nick's $100 million. It was my $100 million. Nick didn't have $1 in the game. That's leverage. Yeah. Now, do you want to build your wealth with your money or someone else's money? Got it. Right? Do you want to pay your bills with your money or somebody else's money? Do you want to pay for your cars with your money or somebody else's money while your money's growing? <laughs> well, that seems like a simple answer. That's why That's why Nelson says this is so simple. But Nelson had all of these things going on. He owed $67,500 a year in interest, right? And he was stressed. Then he had a grandchild that was born and had cancer. His brother at 52 years old, I mean, 52 years old, dropped dead of a heart attack while playing racquetball, all right? Gold was going through the roof. And his house was burglarized. So he had all of these things going on. And Nelson finds himself on his knees early in the morning saying, Lord, please show me a way out of this financial nightmare that I've created for myself.
0: Hey, Jim, it reminds me of uh, Tony Robbins. We're motivated by two things. One of two things, pain or pleasure.
1: That's right. Nelson (laughs) was in some pain, wasn't he? That's right. Now, by the way, he says the answer came to him like a baseball bat across the face, yeah, right? That's right. So that means it was clear. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes you have to, you know, you have to uh, translate these guys are, are, are good friends from the South. That means it was crystal clear what he needed to do. <laughs> uh, so he could borrow the money at 5 to 8% back then instead of 23.5%. Okay so where? that that's where now he could do it from his insurance contracts that he bought while he was in the insurance business and that his brother sold to him back
0: in the 50s
1: in the 50s right yeah. now remember interest rates are much lower today and 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 loan rates on most of these insurance companies are are lower okay yep. but it doesn't really matter cuz we can't get hung up on the interest rate right we got to get hung up on the process So anyway, that got Nelson out of this nightmare, and he revised his his pattern. He revised his behavior. And all of a sudden, this started this process of how to become your own banker.
0: Well, he he finishes that he finishes this little part up and he says, My people, it's a it's a Hosea 4 6 quote. He says, My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. And and I take it a little bit further in that, you know, knowledge does not equal understanding. We can't, right. just, we can't just look at it at face value. We have to have the curiosity of our kids and ask why. Take it to another level. Take it seven levels deep. That's right. Of answering you know, you, why so that I understand it because once I understand it, then I'll know how to behave.
1: So you might have the knowledge that banks make a lot of money, but yep. if you don't understand how they do it, then it's not something that can really benefit you.
0: That's right. All
1: right, so then I love the next section, imagination. So he quotes Albert Einstein, imagination is more important than knowledge. And then he starts off the very beginning of the book. The infinite banking concept is an exercise in imagination, reason, logic, and prophecy. But he starts and says with imagination. Now, he gives this really cool example of, um, of a math genius who, when given the task of adding up every number from 1 to 100, he visualized all the numbers in a row. And then he, he, he took this piece of paper, this visualize, and he, and he folded it and realized that all of the numbers, if you fold it in half, and so one and a um, hundred were lined up, and fifty and fifty were lined up. I mean that all of the numbers added up to the same amount. So then, what all he had to do was do what? Cut a line in the halfway point, right? Yeah. And then where he, he lined up all the numbers, and then he multiplied a hundred and one times how many sets of or pairs of numbers. Yep. 50 pairs of the sets of one one to come up with a total, which was 50-50 or 5,050, okay? Um, and he did it so quick that all, the, and, and he was the only one that came up with the right answer. All right. Okay. So, so think about that. Everybody else is just adding the numbers, which should be simple, but he's the yep. only one that came up with the right answer. And he came up with it way before anybody else. And he did it by having imagination and visual, visualizing the numbers, on a straight line and then folding that and or you know cutting the line at the halfway point fold the scale to the left now there were two lines that were parallel so he did all of this and came up with the number and um, he wasn't in that class very long um, and he became one of the greatest uh, mathematicians of all time Mm -hmm. then Nelson points this out because Nelson would tell you this about infinite banking he says that young Gauss didn't invent the fact he discovered what, what God had done already. He discovered a relationship between numbers that is fixed and nothing can be done to change it. Okay. So that's, that's powerful.
0: That's what Nelson, when people would say that he invented infinite banking, he would say, no, I just discovered something that was already there.
1: That's right. That's right. And he has no authority over. That's right. Right. We don't have authority over this. It's just, is a fact. Okay. So it's, okay. So then we get into the grocery store.
0: And the I grocery love store
1: about? the grocery store is about how businesses work, how business owners behave, what they think is their right. And what they think is, uh, um, you know, he, he's really talking about turns. And so if you, if you own a grocery store and he uses the grocery store, I think for a brilliant reason, or one mm. of the reasons, is it has such a low profit margin, yeah. right? Three cents. <laughs> Using, to, so that nobody out there says, well, yeah, but you're talking about a bank that has a really high profit margin. Or you're talking about being a doctor, you're talking about, and every time a patient comes in and, and they leave, another patient comes in, and each of those patients is worth a lot of money. He's talking about something where the profit is $0.03. Cents. And then he shows something brilliant again, is that, okay, the break-even point is 15 times that you have to turn that inventory, 17 times you're profitable, and 20 times you retire early. He's showing that, that momentum and leverage and velocity is the key, and it doesn't take that much past breaking even. And then he gives the example of a phenomena in physics about water being heated to 210 degrees and then water being heated to 212 degrees creating steam. But, you know, what he's saying there is kind of that compound effect that it's just a little bit of little increments make a huge difference. But the the grocery store, I mean, what stands out to you in the grocery store, Nick?
0: Um, I just liked how he he just talks about don't steal, don't steal from the business that you have. That that really resonated with me. Um, I'd made those mistakes in the past with some with some business ventures. Is I, I I effectively went out the back door. He says, "Hey, listen, if you own the grocery store and you fill up your your baggage or your shopping cart, are you going to go out the back door or are you going to go out the front door?" And he says, "Listen, if you go out the back door." that can of peas costs 57 cents. Now you got to sell 20 more just to break even on the ones you just stole. Right. And, and I just loved how he, he laid that out. Um, and, and that's easily followed by the, uh, boiling water. You know, it just doesn't look like you're making a lot of progress. So if we take this into our personal lives, whatever we're working on, uh, you may not see that, that breakthrough moment most people quit before they get through their breakthrough moment and whatever they're pursuing and you know water at 210 degrees is just hot water it'll just burn you but there's not steam coming off of it you get 212 degrees I mean look what the steam engine did the steam engine changed the way the world works so absolutely just a little bit more and then the breakthrough the the uh the nirvana that you can have and whatever you're pursuing um i just really like the life lesson there
1: yeah and and then you know he also talks about when you when you when you steal then who pays for it
0: yeah the other customers
1: the customers and he 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 wraps it up and says consider if your wife steals one can of peas you have to sell 20 to make up for it now if anybody understood that then they would never go out the back door that's why this this is here is to show you that you have to pay yourself and be an honest banker. If you're going to get in the banking business, you got to be an honest banker. Now, what else does that mean? That means like if the bank was going to charge you 8% um, and you decide to charge yourself 6%, you just stole from yourself. Yeah. Right? And, and we have to be honest banker. We have to pay ourselves the the right amount of interest and we have to pay ourselves back. Now Nick, that's as far as we're going to go in the bank for this episode because what I really want people to do is I want them to grab their books for the people that are clients of ours because every client of ours should have this book. And for co- people that aren't clients of ours, if you want the book, sign up for 45 minutes because here's the thing. I don't want to just give you the book, have you read it, not understand something and then you don't put it to use. We want to explain it to you. It's kind of like, Nick, remember when you were back in college and you'd go to class, that card of school was the lecture, right? Yeah. And they would get up there and tell you everything that you needed to know. But then what would they do at the very end? They would assign what?
0: Yeah. Some reading or an assignment of some sort.
1: That's right. So that you could cement it and that you could learn both visually and audibly. And then you could Put it all together in the example. So when you do this 45-minute overview with us, you're going to know in 45 minutes, do I want to learn more about this or do I not want to learn more about this?
0: Now, there's nothing to buy at the end of the presentation. It's just, it's cutting to the chase whether or not you want to spend time learning about this further or not.
1: You know what I'm always amazed by is that there aren't like 10 people a day that want to hear this 45-minute conversation. Because it's so low-key that I think everybody should want to hear it. But let's go back to the book. Nelson has given us a gift. So many gifts. But this book is a gift. And if you don't have it, get it. We've told you how you can get it for free. We've told you how you can pay for it. It's your choice. (laughs) Uh, And Nick, anything else before we wrap up?
0: No, thank you for having me. And I look forward to digging into this book further over the, uh, the coming couple months, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Nick. And as always, thank you for your insight and uh, your contribution to the show. You're it welcome. helps a lot. And uh, the next time we get together, uh, Nick is going to explain the airplane example in the book. Now, Nick is a professional pilot. He's flown 747s around the world. So if you didn't get that example or you have any questions about how, how uh, this relates to flying, you're going to hear it from an expert. Okay, till yeah. well, then, everybody control your money and break away from the pack. Thank you again. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to Breakaway Wealth with your host, Jim Oliver. Do you want to become your own banker and build wealth on your terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule
1: your complimentary coaching session today.